Russia has been subject to a slew of international sanctions since its intervention in the Ukraine nearly six years ago. Yet its economy, though struggling, appears to remain surprisingly resilient. With me to discuss the impact of sanctions is one of Alico's Russian experts, Daria Plahova-Freshville. Daria, there's been a steady increase in sanctions against Russia over the last few years. How effective are they? Well, Yigal, this is, of course, the question that everyone is asking. Uh, let's remind ourselves of what was the aim of introducing those sanctions. And that was, of course, to send a strong economic response to Russia's political activity, the annexation of Crimea, the covert intervention in Ukraine, and then also later possible meddling in the 2016 US election. So I think the states always implied that the sanctions were meant to not harm an average Russian, but the political and business elite close to that regime that was carrying out those activities. So who, if anyone, has then sort of suffered from the sanctions is, of course, the question. Let's go back to 2014 and remind ourselves that the sanctions initially coincided with the big financial crisis and the oil prices collapsing. So for the first couple of years, you really couldn't tell whether it's the sanctions or the general difficult economic situation, because as we know, Russia is very heavily dependent on the prices of oil. From 2016, the situation has improved and Russia is now showing slow growth. So to that extent, you could say perhaps the sanctions aren't really affecting Russia because we're not seeing it sort of struggling massively. And then, of course, there's a big political angle. So has Putin curbed his enthusiasm in some of the more daring things that he had been doing? Well, we do have this Kripal incident. Whether the Kremlin is behind it or not is not even the question. The question is that the perception that he is. Uh, then there is quite aggressive policies in the Middle East. And then even as far as the Madagascan elections of 2019, just now in the spring, we see some evidence of the Russians perhaps meddling there too. So has it politically worked? Well, perhaps not. A defiant President Putin has argued that sanctions have enabled Russia to become more self-sufficient. Is there any substance to this claim? Well, I think Putin has definitely tried to use sanctions as an internal political tool to grow his popularity. The notion of sort of Russia against the West was definitely introduced as soon as sanctions kicked in. The idea of Russia being self-sufficient in growing its own food, it's uh, in coming up with its own technology. And, and to be honest with you, the Russians would, of course, love that idea. They would really encourage self-sufficiency and the growth of small and medium businesses to implement that. But here, of course, the problem is in that very notion of the state not being incredibly supportive in creating small and medium-sized business. On a political level, the will is there, but the practicalities are very, very different. The business framework, the legislative framework, uh, the judicial framework are not there to protect and encourage those businesses to grow. The cost of borrowing money inside Russia for small businesses is very high, and they're definitely not subsidized or protected as much as they should be. So that sort of slightly contradicts 
the notion of self-sufficiency. Many sanctions, as you said earlier, are targeted at certain individuals and companies, but Russia has financial reserves of around $530 billion. To what extent is it being used to support companies unable to raise investment funds or access credit? Well, increasingly more so, as Western banks are becoming more and more reluctant to lend money even to the companies that aren't sanctioned, simply because the risks are too high and the potential reputational fallout can be great. So the state, the Russian state, of course, steps in and has been doing so uh, in the last few years from the private sector. If you look at the likes of Oleg Deripasko, Viktor Vexelberg, who borrowed huge sums of money from the Russian state to pay off their debts in the West, to uh, the banking sector that has been heavily bailed out by the, the Russian state extensively over the last few years. So what it shows us is that the business elites are becoming more dependent on the Kremlin because it is the Kremlin that now gives them the money, which you're absolutely right, it does have in its coffers. And as long as the oil prices stay relatively high, actually the Kremlin should be able to prop up those key businesses in the country. And it would appear that this is what Putin would want as well. It goes with his policy over the last 20 years of expanding the role of the Russian state in business with many companies renationalized, but is it sustainable? Finally, how would you characterize the West sanctions policy on Russia? Is it working or can Putin hold out for a lot longer? Well, I really do think it is too soon to really tell. I think people agree that uncertainty and the limitations that come with the sanctions will definitely hurt, but also those factors lead to slight stagnation. Many experts are starting to see stagnation in development, in innovation, because not enough money is being given to that side of business development. And that will, of course, have quite a strong long-term effect. After all, let's not forget that stagnation was the factor that brought down the Soviet Union, or at least one of the key ones. So Putin would really need to think very carefully about this balance of strong state interests and the encouragement of the private sector to thrive and develop. Thanks, Daria. And that ends our podcast. If you would like to discuss any of the issues raised, please contact our Director of Research, James Burkett. You can email him on jbirkett at alico.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.